everybody, and welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour off of a bye week for the Philadelphia Eagles, which has turned into an extended couple more days as COVID has taken over, it seems like, the sports world, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL. It just seems like COVID has really struck the sports world. I'm your host, LJ Harrell, and joining me as always is my co-host, Connor Donald. Connor, another couple of days for us to sit here and think about this huge divisional matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's good to be here. Good to be back talking, you know, Philadelphia Eagles again. Um, I mean, we didn't have a whole lot to talk about with the bye week. Surprisingly, the Eagles were fairly quiet for a change, which is kind of nice to not have drama or anything happening. So that's kind of nice to have. But like you said, like NHL, uh, NFL seem to be getting struck majorly by the, the COVID bug. Um, and that's uh, that's definitely not good, as we're seeing, especially from an NFL standpoint, because now the Eagles, uh, like we were talking about before we came on, are playing three games in 13 days uh, in a crucial, crucial playoff push. So things are going to get uh, a pretty interesting, especially I mean, I alluded to it before we came on the, on the air. If this is where we start to get our injuries and this is where we falter because of that, I'll be pretty upset about the entire circumstance. But, I mean, we'll dive into more of that. But before we dive into it all, of course, make sure to follow our partners over at FightPhillyFightNetwork.com. Um, I have a piece up there, four moves that the Eagles should make as soon as the season ends to help with the salary cap. Um which obviously we're never concerned about because Howie always loves to make those moves anyways. But I found four that I would make that make the most sense for us. Um, and also lots of content going on over there all the time at, at FPF Network on Twitter. And of course, our partners over at BetUS. Um, go to BetUS.com. Tell them the Kelly Green Hour sent you and get yourself a 125% bonus <coughs> sign-in uh, with the promo code FPF Network. Yes, definitely do that. And we, as always, we thank our partners at the Fight Philly Fight Network, um, you know, for for allowing us to join join their team. All right, so three games, three six three teams in particular affected by the COVID ramifications um, over the last week or two. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, because their game got pushed from Sunday to Tuesday. The Baltimore Ravens at the Los Angeles Rams because of the COVID outbreak within Los Angeles, that game got pushed back from Sunday to Tuesday night at seven o'clock as well. And then the Las Vegas Raiders at our Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns got moved from Saturday night to Monday night because of the outbreak within the Cleveland Browns organization, you know, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, um, all, you know, testing positive, you know, along with uh, Kareem Hunt and Jadavian uh, Clowney. Clowney he, yeah, te- yesterday morning. Washington had over 20. Cleveland had about over 20. L.A. had about 25. So it's it's running rampant, um, you know, obviously with this Omni, Omicron variant, um, even if people are vaccinated, you know, you can still catch the virus. And obviously a lot, what a lot of people don't understand is, Nobody ever said if you get the if you get the the vaccine you're you're not gonna you know still get um, uh, COVID and, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Obviously, it helps with the symptoms, but yeah, things uh, in the NFL are not looking good. And and uh, when those moves, those game changes were made announced on Friday, uh, Philadelphia Eagles players weren't happy. Las Vegas Raiders players definitely weren't happy. Considering the president of the of the, of the NFLPA, the uh, Players Association, plays for the Cleveland Browns, uh, Casey Hayward saying, "Oh yeah, that had nothing to do with anything. You know, there wasn't um, anything sketchy or fishy about that." Um, you know, Baltimore. So Baltimore Eagles and Raiders, the Raiders did not want to move the games. Obviously, you know, in July, the NFL put out a memo saying, you know, if if you have an outbreak on your team because of an unvaccinated player, you're going to be forced to forfeit and you have to pay the the salaries for the other team for that game. And, you know, when it comes to Washington, Montez Sweat is not vaccinated. And obviously it's tough to pinpoint 
if he's, you know, quote unquote patient zero and, and the one that caused the outbreak. But if you look at it today, he, he's going to be playing on Tuesday. Jonathan Allen, who was on COVID, is going to be playing on Tuesday. Casey Tuho was on the COVID list, going to be playing on Tuesday. You know, Washington's going to get back five to 10 players that weren't, wouldn't have been able to play Sunday, but they're going to be able to play Tuesday. And I think not, I don't really care about them players coming back and playing. The Eagles are a better team. They should win the game. But I'm looking forward. The Eagles have to face a Giants team who's going to be on full, full seven-day rest on a, a, on a short week. That is also a holiday week. If the Eagles would have played Sunday, they could have practiced Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, probably do a light walkthrough Friday, Saturday, maybe a, for on Christmas Day, maybe a light, a light walkthrough, but like nothing intense. But now you're playing on Tuesday. You have to recover Wednesday and Thursday, Christmas Eve's Friday, Christmas Day, Saturday, and you play Sunday like the Eagles, the Ravens, um, you know, and even the Raiders, they're all being screwed over going forward. Again, I'm not really worried about this week. Okay, you had to move the games. If it it would have sucked to watch would it have sucked to watch the Eagles play a, a JV team on on Sunday and you know have Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard run for the combined 300 yards? Like maybe it would have been boring. But with the rules that were put in place before the season started, I don't the NFL I I get it. It's all about the money. But come on now. You cannot be changing these rules all because like you're not going to be able to have the, the games on TV. There was an outbreak. Follow the rules. Stop changing them. Now they're changing testing rules where if you're vaccinated, you're only going to be tested if you show symptoms. Otherwise, you're not going to be tested. So somebody could be playing in a game that 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 is COVID positive, and that could be a whole another whole world of problems that the NFL could get into as we hit the the stretch run of the final four games and going into the playoffs. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on on all those points. I mean, like we kind of talked about before we came on the air, like they left it ambiguous for a reason because they didn't know what the season was going to look like. They didn't know what a, if a situation like this would arise. Obviously, they didn't know what to expect from the perspective of, you know, if these guys do aren't vaccinated or are vaccinated, how do you track it back to them? How do you trace it back to them? Um, so, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, it to me, to me, what is what is most infuriating about the entire situation is that it's three teams, three teams who are impacted by this. There are 29 teams who have been able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. They've been able to keep it under control. You know, a guy here, a guy there. Yeah, the Keenan, Eagles like, guys, Keenan, like, Yeah, like Keenan Allen last week, you know? Like, there's, yeah, every team's going to have a guy. Or a certain teams have a couple guys, yeah, that, that are in the protocol and they lose them for a game or whatever. And it sucks because it's a key player and stuff. But this is like 20. This is 25 people, including staff. You're talking like upwards of 30 plus. Um so that that's what's frustrating because like, what are they doing different that others aren't? Why couldn't there be stricter rules that needed to be followed again? Like for 18 weeks, maybe more if you make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs. So if we're at the maximum, you're looking at 24, 25 weeks. You guys aren't able to control your team. You're not able to control your players. You're not able to really restrict them. These guys are getting paid so much money that if they're restricted in what they're able to do for this limited time that is the season, they shouldn't be complaining about it. Because now, look, now there's even worse complaints coming from other teams, from players, from people within the Players Association, from owners, that is looking just so much more worse for the NFL at this point. The fact that that this has happened, and I mean, obviously you can't point to who's to blame and stuff, but what are these other teams doing that these three teams didn't do? And that that's, I think, what's most infuriating about the entire situation is the sheer volume of teams who have been able to keep things under control versus the sheer number of teams who let things get out of hand this week. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the one thing when it comes to the Washington football team that that is crazy is their head coach is a cancer survivor. You would think that if if any team is going to want to be vaccinated, do the right thing, not try to get you know caught up in the in this the, a, a breakout it would be washington and doing it for their coach but they don't care it seems like and i'm 
and I guess it's it's harsh to say they don't care, but something happened to where they had that outbreak. Something in Cleveland happened to where they had that outbreak. Something in LA happened to where they had that outbreak. And now you're you're punishing three other teams that, that their opponents this week because now like now they have to change up their their way of going about preparing for a week. So it's it's just very very frustrating when especially as an Eagles fan like as as a player you went through this entire week thinking you're going to play on Sunday so you practice you know had a walk through on Wednesday practice Thursday practice Friday and then and then Friday like Friday in the afternoon to to, to early evening it's oh by the way your game got moved from Sunday to Tuesday now like that changes the way you go about preparing for games and you know now Washington is going to be and I'm only going to use Washington because that's the Eagles opponent this week they're going to be the beneficiary because they get Montez Sweat back they get Jonathan Allen back they could potentially get Kyle Allen or Taylor Heineke back and not have to start Garrett Gilbert like they're going to be the beneficiaries and then in terms of the Eagles as I mentioned a little bit ago now they have to change up their entire week of preparation going into the Giants who play on Sunday who are going to get a full week of practice, be able to rest for a couple of days. Like the, I know that teams play Sunday and then we'll play on a Thursday that you've sort of kind of trained your body because you knew about that for the entire season. You knew that, that, that that's how you were going to have to play. That's when you were going to have to play and prepare. This is kind of thrown at you last minute. Now, like going from Tuesday to Sunday, it changes your mentality. So hopefully, like, I, like and, and look, the Eagles are better than Washington. The Eagles are better than the Giants. So they should, and I'm going to put should in quotes, be able to handle the situation and beat those teams. And if hopefully the Eagles can get a big enough lead to where the second string's in, you know, in the fourth quarter, and you can start resting Miles Sanders and Devontae Smith and Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, um, you know, just offensive guys taking, and then like Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargraves, uh, Darius Slay, and Steven Nelson. Like, you can start – resting those guys to get start allowing the recovery to happen a little bit earlier, but but still like the whole Tuesday night thing is not normal. Yes. I know Baltimore played on a Wednesday night last year and won and then played on a Sunday and won again. So the Eagles have the talent. And if, if they want to prove to be a playoff team, they're going to go out and win these two games. Um, So we'll see what happens, but it's just the mentality changes um, preparation changes and, the NFL has to be more consistent and kind of held to their word with what they say when it comes to this COVID thing. Yeah, I mean, like we kind of alluded to uh, a little earlier in the episode, it's a financial thing. That's why the the wording was ambiguous and stuff was the sheer fact that it's a financial thing. The gains that you get from having 60,000 people in a stadium as an owner versus having no game and forced, being forced to pay the salaries of the opposing team plus trying to figure out, do I pay the salaries of my team or do I hold them at fault or for this situation and not pay them, which is a whole nother ball game to talk about. But the fact that you would have to pay two teams salaries and stuff and have no game, no stadium filled, none of that stuff. It definitely sucks, but let's not, I'm not pitying a, what are we looking at? Maybe I don't know how much a game brings you in from a profit perspective, but let's call it, you know, plus the salaries and stuff. Let's call it $25 million is a round number. You lose $25 million. These organizations are worth billions. billions yep. I am not going to pity the owner who can't or the co- the owner with the manager with the coach who can't control their team for 18 weeks of the season to behave. Like if it happens, like, somebody's girlfriend or somebody's wife or somebody's kid brought it into the house. That's a whole different story, but you can catch those types of circumstances with daily testing or week like daily test. I think daily testing should have been a thing for everybody all along, like vaccinated, unvaccinated. I know that the advantage was, Oh, if you're vaccinated, we're only going to test you weekly instead of daily. But I think it should have been a thing all along. And then you catch these situations way beforehand. You can handle these situations way beforehand. You can more easily implement the 24 at two tests, 24 hours apart and negative tests and you get to come back that situation. 
you could have handled a lot easier. Like, I think the daily testing should just existed and should just been there for everybody in the league because it makes more sense. And it probably would have made this the, a situation like what we're witnessing this week less likely to happen. But instead, now you don't know who patient zero is, like you said. You don't know who brought it in. You don't know who was spreading it. You don't know who the close contacts are, who isn't. The situation is just so, so crazy. And I think that the rules could have been made simpler so that... There is no beneficiary. You get your vaccine, good. You didn't get the vaccine, who cares? We're going to leave. Nobody's going to benefit from this, whether you get it or whether you don't get it, because we're going to do daily testing or every two days. We're going to make sure everybody's testing. We're going to make sure that we catch this before it happens. Then if you have all these rules in place, plus you have this, that creates the air of, it's less likely that the extreme forfeiture happens and that you have to pay everybody. And the winning team, the team that forced is forced to forfeit, and the team that wasn't forced to forfeit, paying both of those salaries and everything. That won't happen because we have the daily testing and stuff in place. It makes it easier to push and implement the policy, the more extreme policy that you had in place. I think that they left it all ambiguous. They left the situation really bad, poorly placed. And tried to make it a benefit to get vaccinated when they should have just made it all the way across the board. This is what we are going to do for the next 26 weeks so that we have a season free of this type of situation and this type of scenario. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. But it's, it's again, as an Eagles fan, it's it's frustrating, uh, like <laughs> – planning all week to, to for Sunday and then now you have to wait a couple extra days and like you there's a stretch now of n- not counting bowl games because they're, they're actually starting but eight eight of eight days eight of ten days there's an NFL game you know we had the Thursday nighter with with the Chiefs and the, the Chargers Saturday night now there's only one it's Indian and New England uh, Sunday Monday Tuesday no Wednesday uh, Thursday night football um, Christmas Eve no games and then Christmas Day games and then Sunday day game and then Monday game. So and we'll see. But like, what do you think? Because like, as we're talking, you know, Kevin Durant of of the Brooklyn Nets, he's now in the health and safety protocols along with, um, you know, James Harden for the just talking about the Brooklyn Nets. The the Lakers have a bunch of players. You know, is it going to come to a point? Where and the Flyers actually have 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 a player, I think player or two that that are on on the the, the COVID list in, in the NHL. Do you think it's going to come to a point where sports are going to have to take a break, whether it's for a week, whether it's for a month? Like they're going to have to take a break because of all the outbreaks that are taking place. And with it being holiday, like how, with with it being the holidays, obviously people want to try to spend time with families. Now you're really not going to be able to do that and like and and try to maintain a semblance of health healthiness if that's even a word um you know within a locker room do you think sports whether it's all three nhl nba nfl or just one maybe it's the nhl maybe it's just the nba maybe it's just the nfl you know where they take a break for an undetermined amount of time just to try to get things under control I think it's possible, and you kind of allude to the NHL. The NHL just shut down three teams. Like, forget about just the Flyers. I know we're a Philadelphia well, yeah, podcast, Flyers, but you have, like, you have the Avalanche. You yeah, not to cut you off yeah. before. The Flyers played the, the Canadians in an empty arena last, yes. last week. Yes, they like, did. Because, because Quebec was like, yeah, Habs, no, or don't have anybody at the game. So, yeah, it could be starting. Exactly. And like, so you have Colorado, you have Florida and you have Calgary who have all been shut down until after Christmas. And you know what? I think that that's the right direction. And I feel like that's the direction sports league should have taken to kind of, you know, maybe reconsider their protocols and to make sure that people had, you know, 10 days away from each other, be with your family um, and and kind of figure out what they want to do going forward in case these situations come up again. Um you know that it's tough for sports to do that, obviously, because the money that's tied up in it. And last year they did empty stadiums. There was still some source of income coming in. There was some source of revenue, even if it wasn't coming from the fan base um, being in the stadium. Um, 
So I really feel like the NFL and NHL and stuff would rather trend in that direction because then they can continue to make money. But you don't want to end up in the circumstance like where you have teams where where like the three teams in the NHL who are now off for at least at a minimum the next 10 days. Mm -hmm. And you're staring down, well, now we have to reschedule like four games for each team, plus the impact on the teams that they were supposed to play. And that that's the kind of issue that comes from pushing the season again because you know we, we did they did it last year where they push a season push a season and then we were running three weeks late and we were we were seeing the nhl in july and i mean not that that's a terrible thing to happen if it cleans things up and if it gets things trending in the right direction and creates a better situation for the players and for the safety of everybody um but I just don't foresee that happening. I just don't see from a financial perspective that that's going to happen. But, I mean, it could end up being states and, and countries stepping in like, you know, like the the Habs did, like mm-hmm. the province of Quebec did, like Toronto. They have set a cap at 50% of people allowed now in entertainment venues. So those circumstances are going to be what drives leagues or forces the league's hands on certain circumstances. And we're going to have to see from there because obviously there's rules when you're entering countries. So some of these hockey players, they get COVID and they follow the protocols, but there's a protocol outside of the league protocol in the country that you have to follow as well. So say you test positive for COVID, they likely want to see back-to-back negatives within 24 hours, which you can't possibly do because you're traveling up there, you play your game, you come back. So Mm -hmm. obviously some of these players are being forced to not be able to enter certain states or enter certain countries to play the games because they they, they can follow their league protocol, but they can't follow the protocol of the state or the country uh, per se. So I think that's what will force the situation. That's what will force a discussion with leagues is if they continue to put situations like this, like Ontario and like Quebec, they force these situations. Yeah, uh, so it'll be interesting to see. And I know the NFL doesn't want to have another game like they had last year between Denver and New Orleans when uh, Kendall Hinton, had the, who was a receiver. I know he played quarterback in college, but he was on the practice squad as a receiver for Denver. And because their entire quarterback room had COVID, he had to start at QB. And they had, it was an ugly game for the Broncos last year. Um, and, that Agreed. Was- and that's just not good for football. Like people were like, I mean, like Eagles fans and Raiders fans are pissed and they wanted to, they either wanted to go, they more would want like the forfeiture rule to stay in effect. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's just bad for football. Like I see some people sitting there saying, I want to see the game anyways. If they're not going to forfeit, they should just be forced to play. You're losing money there too. Imagine the amount of fans who are going to sit there and say, well, the game's going to be over at halftime. Why would I watch it? Yeah. The intense well, I mean, in fans will watch stay. it. Yeah, in in Philly or in Vegas, of course, they're going to sit there and they're going to say, yeah, I want to see my team play. I'm going to watch my team. But if that's on national TV and you got people watching, imagine the amount of people lost on a Saturday from that Browns and Raiders, non, non-Browns or Raiders fan base. The national crowd that was going to watch that is probably like, hey, there's a good bowl game on. Why would I watch this garbage JV game where the Raiders are probably going to handily deal with the Browns? Like, it's just a, such a, you're already going to lose finances just based on that because you're going to lose so many watchers. Well, I don't, I mean, if you're an NFL fan, you're going to watch the game. Um, but like, if you think about it, let's 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 move towards this Washington team a little bit. They've are, as I mentioned before, they've already activated four players off their reserve COVID nineteen list. Jonathan Allen, Allen, and these are all defensive linemen. Jonathan Allen, James Boy- Smith Williams, Montez Sweat, and Casey Toolhill. So what are what are what are the chances that by by Sunday that they couldn't re- activate maybe three or four more players? And, and like so, their defensive line is back. Like the, they have starters, so they have respectable players. They're not going to be playing fourth and fifth, you know, string defensive tackles and whatnot. But like, they could have kept this game on a Sunday. I think the NFL made a rash decision. Um, and 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 now, like, if if they're really worried about safety, they they will move the Eagles Giants game a day to give the Eagles another extra day of 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 rest. 
you know, if they really cared, then when it comes to testing, they wouldn't do like they should test whether it's weak. I don't know daily is right, but like whether it's a couple of times a week or not, you you test because the chances of a of a COVID positive player playing and like if you're an offensive line, if you're an offensive or defensive lineman and you are breathing across somebody for 50 plays a game and like that could you could catch it or test positive like that's that's another thing like the safe if the nfl really cared about the safety of players they would do more to to show that they cared about the safety of players it's all about the money that's why they moved the games and you know like like you had mentioned um you know if, if the games aren't played you're not getting paid from the tv networks uh the the you know the 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 teams aren't the home teams aren't getting revenue whether it's from parking whether it's from concessions or sales or whatnot so look i get it but they have to figure out a consistent message and not change it week to week to week agreed and i think that you know maybe next year this becomes a thing where it's like okay we saw it we have to start to live with covid we have to start to figure so this is it we come with a solid plan and say all right the you know daily testing boo, 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 like get a bunch of things in place that point towards if all these things are followed we should have zero circumstance like we had last year where we have to even consider forfeiture as an option and then at the very bottom of it all is if there is any type of outbreak and all these rules have been followed and there's still an outbreak with your team you will be forced to forfeit and don't make the language ambiguous don't worry about the money worry about the health and safety of your players and the circumstance because we don't know this is constantly evolving we don't know what's going to happen and we don't want the evolution of a new you know like the omicron variant we don't want a evolution of a variant to cause the nfl to create a different circumstance mid-season we want something solid that is going to stand no matter the circumstance because we know covid's here we know it's part of our lives and what you're actually you know the the overall circumstance is going to remain the same for the last two years now it's remained the same um as to what type of impact it has on teams players and and revenue so you should be able to draw out something, no ambiguous language, straightforward language that at the bottom line, if you cannot field a roster of players, of X amount of players who were on your starting 52 because of the COVID list, because of the reserve COVID situation, you forfeit your game. So that there is no JVT marched out. There is no worry about any of that. Yes, you still continue to pay the salary of your team and the team that is forced to not play because of you, but they got the win based on forfeiture. They have to do something like that. No more ambiguous language. You know the impact. You've had two years to understand the impact that it's going to have. Make it so it's not like everyone's arguing over an ambiguous word or a couple ambiguous word choices like we are right now. Yeah, the NFL made made the the mistake of even mentioning forfeit. I think if in July when they put that memo out, they would have never said it. Maybe there wouldn't be that big of an issue. But the fact that it came out and said, you know, not not, and this isn't word for word, but pretty much got to the point if there's an outbreak because of an unvaccinated player, you have to forfeit. Like that's where the NFL made made the big mistake. Um, all right, so let's get let's get away from uh, these rescheduled games and, and talk about the Washington football team as the Eagles fa- are going to be facing them two times in the next three weeks twice in 13 days to be exact um so offensively we don't know who's going to start at quarterback yet could be taylor heineke who got banged up against dallas it could be um uh kyle allen who's on the COVID list it could be garrett gilbert um all i know is if it's garrett gilbert i'm gonna have straight joe webb vibes for a tuesday night game from back in 20 was it 2011 um, when Joe Webb and the Vikings came to Philly on a Tuesday night after the snowstorm and beat the Eagles. And if the Eagles would have won that game, it may have, it was kind of the undoing of the Philadelphia Eagles that year. Um, so who, if it's Gilbert, I'm going to be very, very stressed out because of, uh, that, that Joe Webb game. Um, Terry McLaren banged up. These are a couple extra days could help him play. 
Curtis Samuel is on the COVID list, I believe. Not sure if he's going to play. Antonio Gibson should be good to go, even though he's a little banged up. Uh, Logan Thomas, I don't think will play, because I know a couple weeks ago there was thought that he may have torn tore his ACL. But No, he, he's been ruled out for the year because it's his second trip to the IR. Oh, okay. Okay, so he, he's out. Um, we know that their offensive line isn't is the greatest. So, like, if the Eagles front four, I feel like we say this a lot, you know, should have the advantage. Let's see if they can get after the quarterback defensively. Um, Landon Collins should be playing. Um, uh, is it Kyle Fuller or Kendall Fuller? Um, I don't know if he's going to be playing. We know Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Casey Tula will play. This is it, – it, the Eagles – regardless of who plays quarterback for the Eagles and, and these extra two days could help a Jalen Hurts um, play, you know, got to get the ball out quick. You got to ru- keep continue running the football. And we have to find a way to get uh, Devontae Smith involved. Uh, he's the only receiving option at the wide receiver position. Obviously Dallas Goddard is, is, is an option. Kenny Gainwell, Miles Sanders are options, but hopefully they don't, you know, force feed the ball to Jalen Rager. And whatnot, but yeah, the Eagles have to find a way to get the the, the offense going. Um, for your piece this week, Connor, did did you preview the um, Reds, uh, Redskins, the Washington Football Team, and kind of where, as fans, who they should be keeping an eye on that could cause problems for the Eagles? Well, I kind of didn't under didn't know what the circumstance of the whole uh, yeah. COVID situation was going to be, so I hadn't done a preview piece yet. But now I'm going to work on one that hopefully will be out Monday morning, okay. um, so that people have a couple days to read up and get prepared for the game. And I can see more of you know the direct trend and direction of COVID players for Washington because it's so hard to write up a preview piece where it's like, okay, so they could be missing this chunk of guys, but they could yeah. be playing with this chunk of guys. It makes it really difficult to write up a preview piece. I've well thought out preview piece about the entire circumstance um but yeah you kind of alluded to it like yeah the defense has gone through some ups and downs in washington but generally despite yeah. yeah despite their losses they've actually been fairly strong you know like their run defense is pretty good that's why obviously you know the pre preview pieces that are exi- that exist right now from certain um from certain sites are saying just run 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 obviously that circumstance could change but obviously that is the culture we have built now that is the scheme we have is going to be run 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 whether or not they get a bunch of these guys back or whether they don't get a bunch of these guys back but i mean Obviously, you said Jonathan Allen's back. Uh, you said Smith Williams is back. Two Hills back. Deron Payne was never on the COVID list, so that's your front. That's their front four back. Their their edges and their tackles. So, but positive for us we get jordan howard back so you get your thunder lightning combination mm-hmm. back where you're not just going to rely on a guy like i i re-watched uh through the coaches film on nfl game pass the game uh against the jets and Sanders was amazing. Obviously, Sanders is always amazing. His his ability to move and hit holes and his early burst, so incredible, always. Why he wasn't getting used earlier in the season continues to blow my well, mind. Before you before you continue, the one thing, he had a career high twenty four carries and got hurt. Like I really think that they don't know if he can carry a full load and that's why they haven't now really they, been given it. Yeah, to now him. that is that's that's where I'm getting at. Okay. Kenneth Gainwell when I was watching the tape, not as good. He's not, he doesn't have that early burst. His vision is very spotty. His awareness is very spotty. I found, and this was up against the New York Jets. That's not the complimentary second piece. I was hoping he would be so far. And maybe it's because he's not getting as much playing time as he wants to be able to develop and stuff, which is fine. But Jordan Howard will be a massive help. He'll cut into the load for Miles Sanders, but in a positive way. He'll take those hard, you know, that that first down, you know, maybe that hard, that short yardage, that really hard pounding situation that is probably causing it's- Miles Sanders again to those situations where he's hurt again. Yeah, and, and Jordan Howard hits the hole. And, and I think where the Eagles can use and use the skill set of Kenny Gainwell, Quez Watkins isn't gonna, most likely isn't going to be playing. Put him out at receiver. Let him, Agreed. Let him be, be the, the Quez Watkins. What, he's the guy that you're getting screens out to. Somebody you can do a, a, a jet sweep to or whatnot. That's where Agreed. I think they can utilize 
Kenny Gainwell's uh, skill set. Yeah, and like w- when you watch the film, Gainwell is great in the pass game. That is really about it right now. Like from a running back perspective, purely his job perspective, I just didn't love it. And that was up against a Jets team who he should have been able to have a bit more success against. And I think that's why they had to lean so much on Miles Sanders, which we like, but we don't want because we know Miles Sanders isn't 100%. Let's just face it. He came back from the ankle injury, but it's it's probably still continuing to affect him. And that's why he leaves a game. It's always something to do with his lower leg that's affecting him and forcing him to leave games. So obviously we want a guy like Jordan Howard who can come in and can take 12 to 15 carries, the hardworking carries, and do something with him. Because you watched Kenny Gainwell, he went out there and he wasn't getting much out of those those carries. He was getting the carries, but it was like two yards here, three yards here, one yard there. Where we know Jordan Howard can hit a hole and... It might be five yards one time, but it might be 25 yards the next time he hits that hole because you just know he's got the vision. He's got the experience. He's hard to tackle. He's hard to take down. And that's what you like to see. So I think that that's going to be a huge benefit. He's like Miles Sanders is going to get a huge benefit from having Jordan Howard back and the run game in general is going to get a huge benefit. And like you said, you can use Kenny Gainwell out of the backfield catching the ball or in the slot catching the ball or at wide catching the ball, but use him in the passing game as a replacement for, 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 uh, Quez Watkins. Watkins. So yeah. Um, otherwise though, like, yeah, you, like you say, you got to get Devonta Smith involved. Like I understand, like you watched the game last week. You love to see Dallas Goddard getting involved, but it was, it was easy to get Dallas Goddard involved. He was out in the flat. He ran a quick slant. He was always there. What, but to me, it's like, why wasn't Jalen Hurts able to make these plays? They're easy throws. I get it. But why was, why was Jalen Hurts making things harder if well, these if were the, always there? If the reports are true that, that, <laughs> The Jets didn't prepare for Gardner Minshew at all. That they spent the entire week preparing for Jalen Hurts. That's a coaching malpractice move right there uh-huh. by, by Robert Sala. And maybe like they, they just weren't because obviously Gardner Minshew is a better thrower of the football right now, accuracy wise, than Jalen Hurts. And they probably prepped for Jalen Hurts running the football. Like because if you look at the what the Jets did last week against the Saints, they kind of were pretty good against Taysom Hill who's more of a Jalen Hurts type of running of quarterback than, than he is a Gardner Minshew. And again, like, I don't know what the hell the Jets were thinking, but it, like, maybe that's the case. And we'll see, obviously the, the, the Washington football team is going to prepare for both because no news has come out, but like, who do you think is going to start for the Eagles? Obviously having two extra days helps Jalen Hurts. It also helps Jason Kelsey at the center position because you, you know what type of warrior he is mm-hmm. and you know, all the he, he gets banged up and he still goes out there. And obviously the, the line is totally different when, when he doesn't play. So and I say I feel like I say this all the time, but the day he retires is going to be is going to be a hard day in Philly because you just can't picture the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line without Jason Kelsey. Um, who do you think is going to be the, the quarterback for the Eagles Tuesday nights? Is it going to be Hurts or is it going to be Minshew? And you give Hurts a another five days to, to heal up and get ready for the Giants. Yeah, um, I think if if the game had have stayed Sunday, I think I'd be leaning more towards Gardner Minshew. I continue to lean more towards Gardner Minshew because mm-hmm. high ankle sprains are not something to play yeah, with. Kyler Murray was out for a while with one. Yeah, exactly. You see, and I mean they were they were well, like they were in a good, they were positioned extremely well. Obviously, they they're sitting there and they're like, we're at the top of the world. We can afford if we lose a couple games or whatever, we can afford to give him the proper time, which they did. Um, Whereas we I don't have that luxury because we need wins now. And I understand it's just Washington and we should be better than Washington. And it's just the the Giants and we're better than the Giants and stuff. But still, you need to put your best players out. You got to feel the best team you can possibly feel week in and week out to ensure you get those victories. And there is no doubt in your mind you're getting those victories. Um and I think those extra couple of days is probably what's going to be enough to push it over the edge to get Jalen Hurts out there. But a part of me feels like the smartest decision would be to go Gardner Minshew, especially with the short week. It just makes so much sense to go with Gardner Minshew, 
You had the game plan last week. Make things easy. You know that, yes, they're going to get people back, but they're not going to get all 20 people back. They're still going to be short some bodies with the COVID situation. Um, so you should be able to roll out Gardner Minshew and confidently play a game with a Gardner Minshew game plan in place and give give Jalen Hurts that extra week because this game's important. The next three games are equally important. So... I mean, but having three games in 13 days and a high ankle sprain that you're playing with, you don't want to mess with that stuff. If you can give him that extra seven days break with the bye week and everything, you're almost looking like you're almost looking at he got almost three weeks off. And that generally is a ballpark of uh, high ankle sprains and the me the median return date, three to four weeks. Um, so I think if you give that time, maybe it might be better, but I mean, high ankle sprains for quarterbacks are probably a lot easier to deal with in some of these other positions where you're pushing off and uh, like wide receivers, running backs, offensive linemen who have all their weight on that and they have to push off with those ankles and stuff. But still, I wouldn't want to mess with that stuff. Three games in 13 days is nothing to mess with. And you want Jalen Hurts the closest you could possibly get him to 100%. And I think, you know, 15 days into this high ankle sprain and you're sitting there saying, yeah, we're rolling out like a 95% Jalen Hurts. I, I would say you're lying. I would completely disagree. I don't think you're rolling out as good of a Jalen Hurts as you should be rolling out, especially in these crucial games. So I think it should be Gardner Minshew, but my heart tells me with the other, with the next couple days, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. But I think if the game was played Sunday, it was Gardner Minshew. Yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm still um if it was Sunday, I think it would definitely be Minshew. I think the uh the extra two days hurts is hurts and I don't know how much this would affect Jalen, but it's gonna get to a point where if if Gardner Minshew starts on Tuesday and plays well, you know that there's going to be a, a full-fledged QB controversy, which obviously fits Philadelphia. Um, you know, I think Hurts wants to get out there to avoid that, but we'll see. Um, we'll see what happens. I think it'll be Hurts since it's Tuesday, but he'll be on a short leash um, if if he doesn't play well or if he um, shows that. He's not healthy. He can't run the way we're used to seeing him run. Then we'll see a QB change, which I also think could be bad for Hurts. But and and that's why you know Sirianni probably should just just go with the the quarterback he knows is healthy. Um, he you know you've had two weeks pretty much to to prepare an offensive game plan for Washington and. You don't, and they proved against the Jets that you don't need a quarterback that runs the football. They still ran for 184 yards or whatever it was against the Jets without Jalen Hurts. So you don't need your quarterback to be out there, you know, to even if he's a decoy to keep the edge or to to keep the defensive end kind of hovering for a second before he he, he goes in. So we'll see what happens um, going into the game. Who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Eagles? Um, but hopefully. You know, whoever I definitely don't. Uh, I definitely don't think that Jalen Hurts should worry about a Q, QB controversy. Should he opt? Like now that we know it's truly a high ankle sprain, should he opt to actually not play this week? And it's in his best interest with the three games in 13 days coming up. There's no controversy if he takes this week off respectfully and says, "I I don't think I should go out. I think you guys are are uh, you know are a good team." This week without me, I think we can get this win without me. Let me give me that extra bit of time so I can be there for those next big games that are going to happen like bang, bang, very rapid. Those games are going to start happening and there's no controversy next week against the Giants. I can almost 100 percent unless there's a setback with his ankle, I would almost put money on it, whether it's Minshew on Tuesday or not. Next weekend, you're going to see Jalen Hurts march out there. Do you want to know why? No QB Do you want to know why I think that the, there could potentially be a controversy? Because how the front office is still looking for a different quarterback. The front office hasn't, you know, said that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback, like, going forward. They If they can make an improvement, if they can go out and trade for Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, get Aaron Rodgers, 
Um, if they think that a quarterback in the draft is better, they're going to do what they can to get that quarterback. So that's the reason why I think, um, you know, that, that there could potentially still be a controversy my, because my, the, Eagles, my, the Eagles are always looking, the, the Eagles are always rumored in for a, a, another quarterback and they haven't shown that, you know, it is Jalen Hurts job to lose. Yeah, my, I guess my issue with that circumstance is the fact that they have played Jalen Hurts, they started to become confident in him, and then the Giants game happened. It, like, he played the whole season. I, the, to me, the only the, the only reason that people are creating a controversy is because Gardner Minshew took advantage of a high ankle sprain. And what were you expecting Jalen Hurts to march out there less than a week removed from a high ankle sprain? To me... Their commitment has always been to Jalen Hurts this year, but their commitment to the future has not necessarily been to Jalen Hurts. So to me, this season, there is no controversy. When healthy, it's Jalen Hurts. It's going to be Jalen Hurts. Now in the offseason, we can begin to talk about something different because they could be looking to the future and their commitment may not be to Jalen Hurts. But this year, if you're sitting there and you're telling me next Sunday against the New York Giants, if healthy... They're going to sit Jalen Hurts and they're going to march out Gardner Minshew. I would 100% bet against that. Their commitment well, this year has been to trying to develop and trying to make figure out if Jalen Hurts is the I future. disagree with you at one point because Jalen Hurts could 100% start next Sunday. But if Gardner Minshew starts Tuesday, we saw him against the Jets play pretty well. If he starts Tuesday against Washington and he plays pretty and he plays well, and then if Miles, if, um, excuse me, Jalen Hurts starts on Sunday and he struggles like he did in his last start against the Giants. They would have zero. They would they they would have zero issue with making the switch to Minshew because they're they're if they win Tuesday against Washington and you win against the Giants, you, you go from six and seven to eight and seven, and right there in the thick of the playoff race, they will make that switch. That's not a commitment to this season. Their commitment is to making if if they win on Tuesday, if they lose on Tuesday, it's a different story. Because I don't, if they lose Tuesday against Washington, the playoffs are out of it. But if they win Tuesday against Washington, they're obviously still right in the in the thick of the playoff race. They will make a quarterback switch if against the Giants once again, Hurts struggles. And it, it's and you've seen Minshew play well. Know that he can he can run the offense and make plays and make throws that Hurts can't make right now. They will make the change. And then against Washington, Week 17, which would not shock me one bit if they started Minshew. Yeah, and I mean, it's also just a shame that, like, when he, when Jalen Hurts beat the Atlanta Falcons to start the season, people were like, oh, that's pretty impressive, but oh, it's just the Falcons. And now we're running down a super easy stretch, minus the Cowboys, and people are going to lean on this Gardner Minshew thing, and nobody ever... I well, some people were saying it, but most people weren't saying it. Most people were just impressed with the performance, but not many people were saying, "Oh, it was just the Jets." They were just impressed with the performance, and but nobody thinks back to that Falcons game or look at the Detroit Lions game or anything. Those those games for Jalen Hurts were really good games, and they literally sat there and people said, "Well, it was just the uh, insert name here, insert name though, here." That the Eagles. Starting with that Detroit game, the Eagles changed their game plan. They went from being a throwing Agreed. football team to being a running team. And I think that has Agreed. a lot to do with the quarterback not being able to throw the football. I think if they had a potentially if, if, Minshew, if Minshew was the starting quarterback, while they may have geared towards running it a little bit more because it was it got insane three rushes against Dallas, obviously. They're not gonna run the ball three times they weren't gonna run the ball three times in a game, but they're also not gonna sit there. They probably wouldn't have if Minshew was the quarterback decided to call 50 running plays in a game. I do think that if they had a quarterback that was more accurate and more consistent throwing the football, that they wouldn't have have made that big change to, to pretty much flipping the entire offense to going from what they were at the beginning of the year to what they are now, you know, under Hertz, which is pretty much a, we're going to run the football 40 times if we can and limit the amount of times the quarterback throws the ball. Agreed. But I mean, if it works, it works. And it's for you. I understand that you're going to I understand because we've discussed it in the past. Like, you know, at the end of the day, 
are you going to win a Super Bowl based off of an offense like that? There's a good chance potentially not, but you got to do what's working for you to get you there. And maybe it is the fault, the fact that the guy can't throw the, the that Jalen Hurts can't throw the football as effectively as Gardner Minshew. But we saw it. Gardner Minshew threw like three balls past 15 yards. So how are we so convinced and so certain that he's that much of a better thrower minus the fact that he can hit the easier throw? He can make the well, easier we'll see, throw. The you want him to get out in this. That was the game plan against the Jets because that's what, what the, all they had to do. We'll see mm-hmm. this week. If Gardner get, Minshew starts Tuesday, I think that you could see more of an open. You could see Minshew throw the ball more more down the field. Whether it's to see if he can do it or just the, the defense will provide that that opportunity, but I think the game plan will be more open this week with Minshew than it was versus the Jets because it was his first start with Sirianni and we didn't know what we had. Now we kind of do know, and I think the game plan will be more open against Washington. Plus, they have more time knowing maybe Sirianni has known this entire bye week, you know, the, the last two weeks that it is going to be Minshew. And obviously he's playing Corey doesn't want to kind of for a competitive advantage, doesn't want to make that announcement until he really has to. And we'll see a more open game plan where Minshew is going to throw the ball more downfield. I think the only thing is I love the end of season schedule, but I wish for the sake of the situation between Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts, that if Gardner Minshew was playing in both back to back games, that we saw him against a team worth really talking about. That would be the only thing, because we got to see Jalen Hurts across, what, 12 games with a mix of competition. Good, bad, we saw him play really well, we saw him play really poorly, we saw scheme not working and stuff. And with Gardner Minshew, we see the Jets and Washington, and people are automatically going to create a QB controversy out of it. It's it's Philly, there's going to be a QB controversy. No matter what, yes, yes, also I also do think that if, Minshew, Minshew, and and it's tough to say hindsight being twenty twenty. I think that they had a would have had a better chance to win than the San Fran game with Minshew. I think they would have had a better chance to win in the Giants game with Minshew, and that's two wins that the Eagles could have at this point. And instead of talking about a wild card berth, they could be talking about potentially winning the division. Now they wouldn't have beaten the Chiefs. They wouldn't have beaten Dallas. They wouldn't have beaten uh, Tampa most likely with Minshew. But you know. There's these other games that the Eagles had lost that maybe um, with Minshew being able to throw the ball more accurately and more consistently, more effectively than Hurts, that they could have won. And again, obviously, hindsight being 2020, we'll never know. But that, that's I, I also thought. think that's the discussion thought. could be opened up to be had to what if the scheme was there at the time as well? We started at the Lions game with the run first mentality. What about the one possession game against the Bucks? What about the 11 point loss to the Raiders? What about the six point loss to the 49ers? Those are games that if the scheme was different, we could be having a different discussion too. Maybe it wasn't just about effectively throwing the football as well. Maybe because of how long it took to get the proper scheme into play, we could be talking about a Walker burst still based on just a change of the scheme before the Detroit Lions game as well. well. I'm just going, and then going off the Giants game, the Eagles ran for 200 yards and lost and scored seven points. So like if they had a quarterback that could have made throws and obviously Jalen Rager dropping footballs does, does hurt against the quarterback. But you know, maybe if, if, if you had a quarterback that was able, was able to make more accurate throws early in the game when, when for some odd reason, Sirianni called a bunch of, bunch of, throws that could have changed the outcome of that game but i guess one last thing hindsight being 2020 is kind of where we always go with that agreed one last thing i guess is uh before we move into our prediction is we talk nothing of the defense is there anything you want to make mention of defensively to me i think it's just a matter of Go with the flow of the game and make the proper adjustments because when the adjustments are made, the team looks good. The the defense looks good. When we just roll with the punches, that's when the defense looks really bad. But Josh Sweat looked pretty good last week. Fletcher Cox looked good last week. Um, Javon Hargrave looked really good. Derek Barnett looked very meh, very he's done in Philadelphia. Get him off the field already. But there was some players who looked really good last week and there was some changes that were made after those first three or two weeks ago after those first three score and play possessions and play score and plays by the Jets. 
when the change actually happened looked so much better, but it also could have been for the fact that you knew the Jets weren't going to continue to play that way and score at that rate. But the fact that there were adjustments made, there was some guys that stood out to me. Marcus Epps looked really good as well. Um, the secondary continued to to impress outside of Steven Nelson, who's been very mad as well. But otherwise, it looked better. And as long as we don't roll with the punches and we make the proper adjustments that need to be made, this defense is fine. And I think this defense can can definitely hold up over the next four weeks. Yeah, I just hope they make adjustments quicker. Like the three scoring drives against the Jets was ridiculous. It shouldn't have happened. Um, the first one, obviously, after the 79-yard kickoff return, you know, on a short field, most teams probably score. Um, so that's all right. But, yeah, you can't get – can't allow – bad offensive teams to, to go down the field on you, you know, one drive after another, after another, um, you know, if Terry McLaren plays Slay should follow him around and, and keep him, <clears throat> excuse me, just keep him occupied. Um, I, I definitely like to, to see Slay kick, um, excuse me. I definitely like to see Slay, you know, try to keep, continue his pro bowl caliber season. He's, he's been outstanding for the Eagles. Um, and, and, and I, Love having him on, on the team and, and finally having that true number one cornerback. Um, you're right. Marcus Epps is pretty much starting over Ronnie McLeod now. McLeod is um, – I don't want to say he got benched, but he's taken on a lesser role, and the offenses are to assume the defense is better for it right now. Um, hopefully they, they got to be able to stop Antonio Gibson. Um, th- that's what Washington's game plan is probably going to be coming in to – to let um, Antonio Gibson be their main offensive weapon. So hopefully the Eagles are able to stop him. But yeah, like it, it it's tough to say, obviously, because we don't know who like what the starting lineup for Washington is going to look like with all the COVID cases, but the Eagles should, should offensive or defensively have the advantage over the Washington offense. Agreed. And, and I think the biggest factor there is like, When watching that Jets game, Alex Singleton is such a liability in coverage that you need Edwards or Maddox spying and shadowing Gibson the entire game. Because you cannot let Gibson get anywhere near Singleton, or that is just a pure mess waiting to happen. Yes, he's got a ton of tackles, but he also leads the NFL in missed tackles. So you could be looking at a liability in the tackling game. You could be looking at a liability in coverage. T.J. Edwards, not an amazing coverage linebacker, but leaps and bounds better than Alex Singleton. I hope um, Davion Taylor comes back soon just because I'd rather have, have him on the field than Alex Singleton. I so, think his season is over, oh, okay. minus maybe the if the playoffs would – if we make the playoffs, maybe. But I feel like his season's over. Uh, that's unfortunate. All right, so let's move to – before we get to predictions – our unheralded player of the week last week mm-hmm. um, with the Eagles bye week. So who do you got? Um, I actually took uh, AJ Terrell of the Atlanta Falcons while everybody's drooling over Trayvon Diggs and all his interceptions and everything. AJ Terrell silently. He was the first round pick there uh, 16th overall who went ahead of Trayvon Diggs. And obviously there's higher expectation expectations for Terrell, but he's on a horrid Falcons defense. And I think he's been one of the lone bright spots. I mean, last week uh, in a win against Carolina, he ended up with a decent amount of passes defended. He had three passes defended. He had an interception, uh, four tackles. Um, and overall on the season, I mean, he only has two interceptions, but he does have 12 passes defended. Um, he does have 58 total tackles. He has a forced fumble. He's doing really well. And he he had like kind of an under the radar decent game for the Atlanta Falcons um, in a win that they don't really need because I feel like they should be going for the higher draft pick than wins or the playoffs. But uh, he he's looked really good. And I think he's been overshadowed by Trayvon Diggs this season. Yeah. I'm going to go with um, Donovan Peoples Jones. He had five catches, 90 yards, didn't have a good touchdown, one. but that, that was a big win for Cleveland. Um, I know Lamar Jackson got hurt, and that kind of hurts offensively for for Baltimore. But a big division win for the Browns, 
Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, um, since they've gotten rid of Odell Beckham Jr., has really stepped up, um, you know, being that receiver across from Jarvis Landry um, when they're not running the football because um, they are one of the better running football teams in the league. But, yeah, I'm going to go Don, um, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And before we get to the prediction, what were your thoughts on the ending of the San Francisco game and the Bucks, uh, the San Francisco Bengals game and the B- Bills-Bucks games? Those they, they were two of the better, better endings in uh, four o'clock games um, in the NFL that we've seen in recent memory. I think my biggest point to take away is like the parody in the NFL is incredible right now. The mm-hmm. fact that you're sitting there, you're sitting here in week, what are we going into week 15? Mm-hmm. And we can say that there are 25 teams still with a chance to make the playoffs like a very within one game of making the playoffs is amazing. You wouldn't be saying this last year two years ago, three years ago. So I think the biggest thing that stands out with those finishes and stuff is just the parody and how good the NFL is and the product that they're putting on the field right now. Yes, there's a lot of teams with some major injuries and people are saying like, what if, what if, you know, Baltimore and stuff, what if they had all these players and stuff? But the there's always going to be injuries. There's always going to be these circumstances. I just have to, this is why there needs to be salary caps, strict salary caps in all leagues. And I understand the salary cap can be manipulated and stuff. But at the end of the day, you pay your dues eventually. No matter where you put that dead money, you pay your dues eventually against the cap. So to me, like this is why baseball needs a hard cap so badly. This is why basketball <laughs> needs a hard cap so badly. The parity in the NHL and the NFL right now is incredible. The product that they're putting out is incredible. Um, that would be my thoughts on those finishes. Yeah, and just the ending of Brashad Perriman outrunning uh, Edmonds on that mm-hmm. Tom Brady pass, and then um, who was that that scored? Um, Ayuk was it Ayuk that scored the touchdown for? Yep. for the Niners to end it. Um, yeah, they were just some great endings. Back to back, like watching Red Zone and just having to go back, back and forth, back and forth. That was um, was awesome to watch. All right, Tuesday night football. Jeez, the Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Washington football team in a huge division matchup. Um, this should be like a playoff atmosphere. What are your kind of – what you're looking to see and your prediction, Connor? I think we kind of address what we're looking to see yeah. and that we want to get Devonta Smith more involved and make sure that the defense adapts to what they're seeing early and not too late because obviously I don't have confidence in this Philadelphia Eagles offense, especially now against the Washington football team to be able to go pound for pound offensively. If you were three, four straight scoring drives by the opponent, I don't think I'd necessarily want to have to lean on our offense to, to do that. Um, as much as it looked better and has been looking better, I still don't know if I'd want to lean that way. Um, but I got to go with the Philadelphia Eagles winning this game. Like I said, I still think COVID's going to cause, you know, no, there's not going to be 20 people, but there's a probably a good chance you're going to see at least 10 guys missing from the Washington football team um, based on COVID protocols. And I mean, at this point, they're out there, ta- their slot receiver, Cam Sims, they're out there, top center, Tyler Lawson, they're out there, first and second string quarterbacks and Heineke and Allen. So, I mean, obviously there's still some big names out there that they're missing despite some coming, their defensive line being in place. But I got the Eagles over the Washington football team in this very, very important game. Um, 27 to 21. 27-21. I am getting major, and I mentioned it before, major Joe Webb vibes for this game, and I I have a bad, bad feeling um, with it it changing. I'm hoping, though, that the the Eagles feel, quote-unquote, disrespected and they come out and just obliterate Washington. And I, I just don't know, like you had mentioned, I don't know if the Eagles are capable of doing that. Um, obviously, we don't know who's, or offensively anyway, capable of doing that. We don't know who's starting at quarterback yet. Um, so that, that, that'll definitely be a big um, big key as to, to what, what happens in the game. Um, but, yeah, I want to see Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders take the load. I want to see Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard get involved. Defensively, they need to get after the quarterback. You mentioned how Washington's starting with their third or fourth string center. Um, you know, 
who knows who he's snapping the ball to. So, I mean, it's going to be Antonio Gibson and McLaren. you got to stop them um, if McLaren plays. So so we'll see. But I, again, I'm, I'm getting, I'm worried about the game a little bit. Um, it, it's going to be a lot closer than what people expect. Uh, Washington's going to get some players back. They already have uh, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, uh, Casey Tuhold, uh, Smith Williams. So their defensive line's not going to be the ragtag bunch that they, you thought that they were going to be facing on Sunday. Um, I'm going to go 24-21 in a game that we're going to sit there on Tuesday night and like, this shouldn't have been as close as it was, but the Eagles will win. It's just going to be an ugly game. Um, and hopefully the Eagles are able to come away with the victory. I'm, I'm picking them to win, but it, it's going to be tough and it's going to be a barn burner. And one where we're going to be, one where we think should be easy, where the fourth quarter they should be able to rest guys, they won't be able to rest guys. It's going to be too close, so we'll see what happens. Definitely agreed on that point. And uh, before you uh, say I farewell, of course, shout out to the Fight Philly Fight Network again at FPF Network on Twitter. Give them a follow and uh, fightphillyfight.network.com. And also don't forget about that promo code. Uh, with our partners over at BetUS, 125% sign-in bonus if you tell them that the Kelly Green Hour sent you with the promo code FPF Network. Yes, sir. And as always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10. And follow me on Twitter at LGHorrell54. And wherever you're listening to us, please rate and review the show. Um, let, give us five stars. Hope if you feel we deserve five stars, um, and let us know how we're doing. And slide into our DMs if you want us. To, if there's anything you uh, want us to discuss, discuss on the next episode, as next week is Christmas and the Eagles get set to face the New York Giants. For Connor, I'm LJ. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour. Fly Eagles, fly.